kind of talked about what they, what they mean, what they are. Uh, we talked about the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift. So uh, I think the, the basic idea is that I, th- I think that often when we look at what our spiritual gifts are, we can sometimes get them misinterpreted with talents. Everybody who lives is alive. Everybody, all of you have a talent or skills or talents or different things that way. Um, they're different than your spiritual gift. The examples that I used is last week, is there are certain people that we come in contact with who are talented hosts. You go to their house, they put on a fantastic meal, it goes in an order, and you, you leave and you go, that was a really, really nice meal, and it was delicious, that's a great thing. There are other people, though, who are gifted hosts. When you go to their house, the food may not be the same, may not be as good, but when you're, but when you're there, you feel like you're at home. It feels like there's something else there that's welcoming and warm. Um, the other example I always give is that there are skilled and there are gifted listeners. There are certain people that you can go talk to and you can tell them about the troubles that you're having, the the difficulties that you're having. They can hear you. They can give great advice. They can give great guidance. You walk away going, I'm really glad I talked to that person. There are other people that are gifted, though, that when you talk to them, they may not even offer advice, but it's like they absorb the bad stuff that you've got right off of you. Does that make sense? All right, so that was kind of what we talked about last week, the difference between being gifted and talented. Now, everybody, everybody has talents. Only believers have spiritual gifts. Now, that's, a, that's something that I hope that there isn't too much pushback on, but we know that the, that the spiritual gifts are distributed by the Spirit when you are saved. Um, and I can give a bunch of proof text for that, but I don't think we need to do that, I hope. Uh, the question that I had, though, was there were, were there were any re- remaining questions still clar- that need to be clarified from last week? So it was, I think it's a little bit different way to think about spiritual gifts than we normally do. And so you may have left thinking, you know what, I really don't understand. And I just wanted to first start to see if, we, if we're all on the same page there or if we need more clarification. Okay. No, no clarification. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that you all have a lot of questions today because that'll make this a lot more interesting, I think. So please stop me, ask questions, push back on areas you need to push back. Um, Also, you should all have picked up one of these sheets. It's front and back. Uh, It's a list of... um, Now, okay, so if you've ever seen spiritual gifts list before, some of them are incredibly long because they include a lot of things that are maybe implied from Scripture, and those are are fair. Um, This particular one is shorter, the, the only, only spiritual gifts on this list are the ones that are directly stated from Scripture, right? So that if you read Corinthians or Romans, the, where they have the spiritual gift lists, these are the ones that are on it. Not to say that the ones that are inferred from other places aren't real. It's just that it, for the sake of today, we focused on just these, okay? So hopefully you've got one of these. You can see it front and back. Um, at the end, we're going to spend some time uh, possibly talking about some of those, uh, kind of looking through them. So if some of those stick out and they don't make sense to you, uh, feel free to ask questions on them as well. So last week, we, last week we kind of talked about what spiritual gifts are, the difference between spiritual gifts and talents. This week what we're going to talk about is how do we discover what our spiritual gift is. Um, and usually, I've led a couple workshops on finding your spiritual gift, and usually I find two people, two kinds of people. Some people who, who can very easily find out what their spiritual gift is, and people who struggle a lot. I don't know if there are both of them in here, where you're saying, you know what, I've looked for my spiritual gift a lot, or spiritual gifts, because there can be more than one, and I just I can't figure it out. And others of you are saying, I've always known what it is. 
That's a pretty common breakdown. Um, Often, the people whose spiritual gift lines up nicely with their talents have an easier time figuring out what it is. So last week what we talked about is some spiritual gifts lie right on top of your talents. So you're a, good, you're a skilled teacher, but you can also be a gifted teacher, right? So that you can, you can teach out of your natural ability, but then you can also, with the Holy Spirit, make it something different. Um, or perhaps you are a, um, both a talented and a gifted host, or whatever it may be. There are times when your spiritual gifts lie right on top of your talents. There are others of you, though, in which your spiritual gift is fairly different from your talents. I met people, I shared this last week, I know a guy who's an incredibly talented builder, but his spiritual gift is in prayer and faith. Now, I get it, our, our lives are all intertwined, so everything's spiritual, but they, those, you can see, are different than the ones that lie right on top of each other. So some people's spiritual gifts are very similar to their skills and talents. Other people's spiritual gifts are very different. Often, those people whose spiritual gifts are very different from their skills and talents have a much more difficult time discovering what their spiritual gift is. Makes sense, right? Um, when they lie on top of each other, then you, look, you know where to look. Um, you may not know where to look if it's the other way. The other thing, the other kind of person that would have difficulty identifying what their spiritual gifts are, are those who've been gifted um, with things that more conservative churches would consider to not exist. So I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, some of you, Paul suggests, may be gifted in prophecy or healing or tongues or spiritual prayer. Those are part of the list. Now we can discuss the nuances of those if you want. Um, but they're on the list, and they're actually in both lists. So you've got to do something with them, right? It's just the Bible. Don't kill the messenger. It's just the Bible, right? The Bible suggests that some of you may be spiritually gifted in those areas. Now you can understand that if your church says those don't exist and that is your gift, it may be pretty difficult to identify your gift, Right? Um, now, at the end, we can talk a little bit about what those mean. My guess is that we all have a pretty under, good understanding of what a spiritual gift of serving looks like, um, but we may have more questions when it comes around to the spiritual gift of tongues, because I don't hear a lot of tongues speaking around here, so I've never spoken in tongues, so that's good. Does that make sense? All right, so what we're going to talk today, then, is about how we identify our gifts. Um, I asked last week... Um, at the beginning, before we got that, how many people felt like they, uh, they really know their spiritual gift? And I'll ask that again today in a little bit. So the question still remains then, how do we identify our spiritual gifts? And so in order to do that, we first need to recognize what our spiritual gifts feel like when we use them. Now, I should have asked you to also grab Bibles, but I didn't. Shoot. Okay, well, I'll just read it to you. Uh, we're going to look at Galatians 5.16. Um, it says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature is what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit is what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, <clears throat> but are to be led by the Spirit, not under the law. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the, acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, enviness, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and 
faithfulness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have, been, have crucified their sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So I, hopefully you've heard that second part of that scripture before, the fruits of the Spirit. And so when we're seeking out the Holy Spirit, we need to realize what we're talking about. So like I said last week, um, when uh, um, that the Bible is very clear that the spiritual gifts are distributed by the Spirit. Uh, and, they, and they're given to us once we, we have the Spirit. Therefore, when we are using them, like it says in Galatians, we are staying in step with the Spirit. So when we're exploring where our spiritual gifts need to be, we should then in those experience the fruits of the Spirit. Does that make sense? I hope. So when you're looking for where, you're saying, what is my spiritual gift? Look for the area in your life in which you see consistent evidence of the fruits of the Spirit, where you experience a fullness of love or a fullness of joy or a fullness of peace or a fullness of faithfulness or gentleness, self-control, whatever that may be. When you, when you look at those areas that you find a consistent outpouring of the fruits of the Spirit, that's probably where your spiritual gift is. And it doesn't have to just be one of those. It can be a combination of those as well. So last week, I shared that uh, I think I have a spiritual gift of teaching. Now, no one, none of you disputed that, so I'm going to roll with it. Okay? If I'm wrong, you should tell me this week, or I'm going to keep doing this, and we're going to be in trouble. Right? So... To describe it from my, my, my perspective, when I teach, when I get an opportunity to do that, I, I experience an outpouring of the fruits of the Spirit. It gives me joy to do this. I like doing it. I, I, I find it to be exhilarating. Uh, when I lead a Bible study, I, I really enjoy that. It's, it's something that means a lot to me. Uh, it makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's not the case for everybody. That's, 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 some people are skilled teachers, and then they feel like it's still like it's a job. I get to get through it. They might enjoy it, but it's not life Giving. Does that make sense? That doesn't mean they're bad at it. It doesn't mean that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing with their skills and talents. It just there's difference when it's gifting, right? And we use them the way that God calls. Does that make sense to everybody? So I'll ask the question now. Does, is anyone here confident that they understand what their spiritual gift is? Oh, no. Okay. Yes. Okay. Would you be willing to share how it feels when you use it? I'm so hesitant when you raise your hand the first time. I'm nervous to ask that. Uh huh. Mm hmm. It's almost like you can't contain it, right? Like you just, it has to come out. It has to. Yeah, the getting started part I can relate to, too. Um, we talked a little bit last week about how the devil works really hard to make sure we don't use our gifts well. And if he can keep you from starting, he can keep you from finishing, too. So I think that's a real deal. Is anyone else confident in their spiritual gift? What's well, a good thing we did this then, huh? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which was which one? Oh, see, that's great. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's, a, that, that's such a needed thing. There are certain people that, that find so much life in giving stuff away, and that's, 
That's phenomenal. That's so good. So that's what, when we're looking for our spiritual gift, those are the kind of experiences we're looking for. Right? Where, you're, where you're said, when I do this, I feel alive. I feel like something is significant or, or something very uh, important is going on here. So I was worried that there wouldn't be very many people that had things to share. So I brought an example because I even have in my notes, this is risky, bring something else. So I did. <laughs> so I used to, like I said, I've led these workshops a few times before. And I've, um, this particular time was with, student, was with a student. Um, and it was interesting because the student had come to me and, they, she, and she said uh, that she had no idea what her spiritual gift was. And she was, she was more concerned about it than many people where she's like, I need to figure this thing out. We've talked about it similarly here and very, very much wanted to find it. And so I asked her the same question that I asked here. What, what makes you feel alive? What makes you feel like you're doing something valuable or important or significant? What makes you feel like you've got the fruits of the Spirit there? Love, joy, peace, those kind of things. And she responded to, by saying that that was the problem. She said, honestly, what makes me feel this, that way, the way that makes me feel alive, is just listening to people's struggles, right? Listening to, to what they're going through, caring for them in it. Now, it was interesting. Um, she, was also, she had come with a group of, group of other girls as well, and little did she know that she had actually had a reputation um, for, uh, for being a person that's a really good listener for a long time. I'm not talking about um, gossip, right? That's... I get it, we're talking about high school girls, sometimes that can be a thing, but that's not in this case. Um, and so she, it was more about just caring for people in their struggles. And she didn't realize how valuable, because I had talked to some of her friends as well, and they were actually to affirm her in this too, that she had gotten a reputation for being a fantastic listener. If you shared your heart with her, she cared in a way that meant something. Now she would rarely give advice, almost never. She really didn't really have much to say at all. It's just the fact that she truly cared about what you were going through uh, and, what, and that was all that uh, most of the people that she came in contact with needed. It made them feel loved. It made them feel loved by her, but what she didn't realize is it also made them feel loved by God, right? Just in the mere, the mere uh, idea of being there to hear what they have to say and caring about it deeply. So I pointed that out to her. I said, hey, listen, this is a thing. And her friends affirmed. They said, this is a thing. This is important. This is something good. And her response was, was interesting. She said, yeah, but that's so simple. It's so easy for me. It seems so insignificant, right? She said, I just go and I do it. And it's not even like I have to do anything. I, tr I don't even have to try. I, just, I am, and that is what I am. And, it, and it seems, she's like, it seems so small and insignificant. It's not anything. It's not flashy. You actually wouldn't know about it if you met her. It's not something that gets to go up in front or be seen often. But that's why I love 1 Corinthians 12, 22. So if, you, if you've ever read through that, it's the passage on the, on the body. And 1 Corinthians 12, 22 says, On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So I had to rest with that a bit, right? That, that, it's all, I, that, uh, that even though to her it seems small or insignificant or worthless, God himself says, no, 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 those are the most important. We need those kind of people. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a place where you think uh, that there's no way that this particular thing can be your spiritual gift because it's so easy for you or so simple. Um, but you don't realize that when you use it, you can have an amazing impact on everyone else around you. It may not be flashy. Not all of them are. Some people are toes. Other people are, you know, the parts that are more out there. 
The other thing that we need to realize is that what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual gifts is that we're talking about a gift, which means it's something given, which means it's something that you don't have to work to get, right? True? It's a gift. It's freely given. You have the Holy Spirit who distributes gifts. Everyone has one, um, and there they are. And so, honestly, when we're talking about our spiritual gift, it should be something that feels easy or in line with yourself, something that's right there alongside of you. Does that make sense? If, we're, if, if it was hard, if it was work, it wouldn't be a gift. It would be something you had to earn. But you don't. It's just given to you. There is work that is associated with spiritual gifts, but that comes in, in, in how we try to fully understand it. And, and it works in how we understand how to use it in the way God has called us to. Does that make sense? So as you're trying to find your spiritual gift, it may be somewhere in, in which something is very easy. And you're saying, there's no way this can be it because this is way too easy and I don't have to do anything and it just seems like it's just me, just being me. Well, that might be exactly what it is. You may be blessing people more than you could even understand. This girl that I'm talking about did. She was a blessing to her little friend group. She was a blessing to people outside of that friend group. Um, and it was interesting because her mom actually had the same spiritual gift. She actually worked with me where I was. And she, she, could, she cared for people so well. And, and luckily, we could actually get them to start talking about that. And she actually helped mentor her, her daughter to be a really, really good listener, uh, which, which is a phenomenal thing to see. Uh, and they blessed a lot of people because of that. So, we discover our spiritual gifts by exploring the areas in our life in which we constantly experience the fruits of the Spirit. The areas in which our actions feel valuable, significant, or meaningful. So as you're going to explore your spiritual gift, look for those areas. Do we have any questions around that? About what those might look like? About what they, what they could be? What they, what they might be? Where, any questions if you're looking at this list and you go, I really, I'm not sure what it is, but I don't understand what this one means. Yeah. Hmm. Sure. Sure. That could. That could. Yeah, I actually found a lot of things to that. Like God, there. I found so many different things to be true within spiritual gifts. So yes, I've seen that. That can be. Um, there. One thing when when they when they're associated with things that were that we understand about ourselves, they can help us then use them to understand others. Right. So if I understand how, how, especially with the, with the spiritual gifts that are very focused on caring for other people, if I understand what makes me feel loved, then I can understand really well how to care for someone else who needs to feel loved. Um, and the Holy Spirit can come alongside of that. God rarely uh, is redundant and he rarely wastes skills, right? So he says, if you've already got this, we can go ahead and pair it up. Now sometimes it is, like I said, sometimes they're very separate, but sometimes they ride right next to each other as well. Yeah, you might, you know, I can, you know, spiritual gifts of giving or of mercy or of uh, serving all could associate with that as well. So, any other thoughts, questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're different. Um, words of wisdom, uh, they're very, they are similar, uh, but wisdom uh, helps us understand Things are a little different. It, it's, they're less associated with facts, though they are related to each other. To be wise is to understand how things fit together a little bit differently or, or, or how to make a right choice in a difficult situation, 
right? Um, whereas knowledge um, is just revealing a truth, okay? It's like a revelation of this is the way something is, and I can see it, and I'm going to show you that. Whereas wisdom may, may have more care language involved, maybe a little bit more associated with emotion, uh, whereas knowledge is more associated with truth, right? So in the world, we have two different kinds of truth, and, and, we, and there have been a constant battle with each other throughout time, right? Um, they go back and forth. Uh, some, we, right now, we're actually pushing back on this, but during the um, Romantic time period, and possibly some people would argue during the postmodern time period, the only thing that is true is how you feel about something, right? That if I feel it, it must be true. That my emotions are the core foundational truth. Make sense? So there's emotional truth. Um, and then in, during the Romantic time period, then your intellectual truth was brought down. Now, whenever they get way out of balance, things get weird. And so, and unfortunately, and, and whenever our emotions are become the high truth, things get really weird because we just act out of our impulses and, and we don't think a lot. Well, then we have the age of reason in which everything switched. The only thing that is true is what I know to be true. My emotions are only getting in the way. They're useless, okay? So we keep, throughout history, if you watch, those just keep going back and forth. If you've got younger kids right now, um, the, the, you know, to, to try to tell them something that's true because a doctor or somebody who's really smart said so, um, you realize that those don't carry nearly as much weight as they did when you were younger, right? That, well, but that's not the way I perceive it. That's not the way I've experienced it. That's not the way I feel about it. So therefore, it's not true, right? So the postmodern generation would be more emotionally focused than it is intellectually focused. Not everyone, but generalizing, of course, right? Um, when we talk about wisdom and knowledge, it kind of falls into those two categories. I think wisdom helps us understand emotional truth a little bit better. Knowledge helps us understand intellectual truth a little bit better. And when we put them together, we're in the great sweet spot, right? We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, with our emotion, our spirit, and our intellect. Good? Cool. Any other thoughts or questions on those things? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, prayer is associated a lot with faith, and is prayer not on there in any way? Oh, I think prayer is associated with prophecy in this particular one and with faith. Um, we can talk a little bit about prophecy if you want. Uh, but uh, yes, prayer is, the spiritual kind of prayer is a spiritual gift. And I'm, maybe I, I either missed it, which is possible, and that's why it's not on here, or it's not listed just like, I know it's not listed like that in Corinthians, but I Aha. Prayer, yes, prayer, prayer is very closely associated with prophecy and faith. Those two would be together. Um, uh, this particular list, um, when you tend to pull out of just Romans and Corinthians, you tend to get a, what feels like a more charismatic list, right? Whereas these things seem to be associated in there. Um, and, and it just is the nature. If you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, um, it's a pretty charismatic section of the Bible, right? 
um, orderly worship, speaking in tongues. Everyone desire to prophesy. Everyone can desire to speak in tongues as well. Those kind of things. So, yeah, prayer, prayer would fall into those two categories. Um, and we can talk a little bit more what, what those mean in a bit if we want. Um, I also love what you had to say about us all having different gifts. Um, I, I really hope, um, and we, we saw that not many of us know what our spiritual gift is. I, I think it's really, really important for us to discover it, partially because of what you shared. Um, your spiritual gifts are given to you for the building up of the church. You, know, you also know from Galatians that when we walk with the Spirit, which is most perfectly carried out by someone who is effectively using their gift, and we... And those around us come in contact with and experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's a big deal, right? When you use your gift, you experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But so does the person you're interacting with. right? With, when, when we experience the, those kind of things and when others experience, we experience the fullest, a fullness of, of life that can't be found anywhere else. If you were in this morning, it's very similar to what I said there. When you use your spiritual gifts well, you bring people into direct contact with the Holy Spirit. And that's not an insignificant thing. You bring people into direct contact with the life promised by the Holy Spirit. And you give people a little taste of heaven. So effectively, growing God's kingdom by being an active disciple. If I can tie it back to what our whole purpose here is being. To understand your spiritual gift well is to bring people into direct contact with heaven itself. And if you've ever met somebody who's used their spiritual gift around you or if you've used it well, you know that to be true. Um, and that's a really big deal. So I, I, and like it was pointed out, when all, all of us have something different, we all have something different to bring to the table. And if we were all to work really well together, this place would look profoundly different. Right? And so I, wanted, I really want to encourage you and we can spend some time here, too, searching through what some of this looks like. For you to, to spend some time in prayer, spend some time in soul searching, spend some time with God to try to figure out what your gift is. Because if you're not using it, then there's a piece of the body that's not working the way it's supposed to. Right? Often when we talk about the passage in Corinthians and we say that we're all part of the body, um, we don't often remember that the whole context is in spiritual gifts. Meaning that if we are not using our spiritual gifts, even if we are using our talents and skills, which don't stop doing, um, we're not functioning in the way that we're supposed to. Right? So we, we, need, we need the people who have mercy gifts. We need them to come along with people who have faith gifts. Uh, we, sometimes, and now you had both, which is great. So those are good together. Because sometimes what you, when, you're, when you're in a mercy gift kind of thing, you'll be serving someone um, or you'll be having mercy on them, but they may fail you over and over again, right? That's kind of the nature of having to give mercy a lot. Now, if that happens, it's easy to become discouraged, is it not? Or to think, well, maybe this thing isn't working the way it's supposed to, or maybe God's not doing what he's supposed to do. And then it comes along the person who has faith, who says, I'm confident that if God has given you this and put you in this situation, then you are in where the place you're supposed to be. One without the other is trouble, right? Mercy gift person can get discouraged very easily, or a person with, well, there's an encouragement gift too. The person with encouragement or mercy can, or faith can come alongside of them and keep them going, right? Uh, the person, that, person that, that's good at giving um, can, can, uh, can support the people who are good at leadership. We need all of these different people to work together um, to, uh, what, and leadership and giving work otherwise too. So maybe the person that's good at giving can be led by the person who has leadership to give appropriately. 
without one piece, something significant is missing and things can go off track quickly. When we all work together, we create a space that looks a lot like heaven. Right? Maybe? Good. All right. So then what I'd love to do now is, is just spend some time working through what, with this list of gifts. Um, I'm happy to, to go to whichever one that you'd like. Um, we have about 20 minutes left. Um, I, if we talk a lot about one or two, that's great. We may not get through all of them. You can come talk to me. I wish I could say right after here, but I got another gig to go to. So won't be able to go right after here, but you can come get me later if you want to talk more about them. Are, are, do any of these stick out to you? My guess is that some of them um, might uh, be really easy for you to understand. Uh, there are some other ones that, that we don't do much. Uh, understand? Like, right? Yeah, I think you can figure out which one those are. Um, so what, which ones stick out and you say, hey, I'd really like to talk a little bit about... Otherwise, I'll just go right down the list. Prophecy, good one. That's my favorite one. I'm so glad you said that. It's weird how that ended up first, huh? So uh, <laughs> uh, I think we have a really uh, big misunderstanding of prophecy, and that's why I really like the way that they talk about it here. When we talk about prophecy, we are not talking about fortune-telling. And I think sometimes we can get those two things mixed up, right? That we think prophecy is foretelling the future. Uh, that's not true. That's not what prophecy, though there are elements of prophecy that do foretell the future um, in the Bible, those are actually more rare than others. Um, like it says here, what prophecy means is to speak forth. And so really what it comes to is prophecy helps us understand what God's will is for us, and it would be for the immediate time, not necessarily for the future, though I guess that is part of the equation. Um, but more often it would be for right now. Read through the prophets sometime and realize how big of a portion it is just saying, hey guys, right now, we got some things to fix, right? Very small percentage of it is, if you don't, right? If you read through, most of it is, right now, we're really messed up, and right now, we've got to fix this thing. God's will is that you are screwing up, and please come back. Um, That would be the same thing uh, in the modern era. Um, Often, and unfortunately, um, some of the more charismatic sections of the church have, have actually used pro- called prophecy or called fortune-telling prophecy, and that screws it up for all of us. Um, fortune-telling uh, in the Bible is strictly prohibited. Do not do it, it says. That's not what we should do. We're not seeking to understand the future through a medium or something like that. Um, it's more proclaiming words of truth, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, or words of encouragement. Um, listening prayer could... So we've talked about that back in December. If you wanted to, and don't stop doing this just because I'm going to say this, listening prayer could very easily be called listening prophecy. That's the same idea. Listening for God, seeking his will, and seeking encouragement through it. Uh, That's really what we're talking about when we talk about prophecy. Fair? Questions? So now that I just said listening prophecy, if that's going to stop you from doing listening prayer, forget that I said that. Go back to calling it prayer and we'll all be good. <laughs> no one has any pushback on that, huh? You guys are too easy. I don't even know. I don't, this is the weird part where I'm like, either you think I'm so crazy that you're not going to t- engage with it or, you're just, or I don't make any sense and you don't want to say that either. So hopefully it's not either of those two things. 
I think it's interesting. Prophecy in the, in the form of listening prayer is actually becoming a really big part of the younger um, evangelical movement. Uh, it's like we heard from Bridge Street House of Prayer. Um, it's, it's becoming a really big thing. It's, I hope it's not a fad. I don't want to call it that. I hope it becomes a, like a, a significant part of the church. But it's got a ton of legs right now, which is really interesting. Um, I guess the revitalization of prophecy. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, revivals, uh, it, they're tricky um, because you had some revivals that I think were really substantial, significant things. Um, and then we have some abuses, right? Unfortunately, now people are still calling revivals some of the things you watch on TCT. Um, I don't know if you ever flipped to that channel, like in the 20s there, the part that you always skip over. Well, there's the, it's the Christian channel. Um, one of my guilty pleasures is watching that just so I can get mad at it. <laughs> Jen hates it so much. He's like, why are you watching that? It makes you so mad. I'm like, I know, I can't stop. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they, they call that revival. Um, Billy Graham crusade. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good, because that's, I, yeah, th- those things are the fringe. They're kind of the things that, that aren't good, and they kind of wreck it. I think the Billy Graham stuff was fantastic because it, uh, it, it was just allowing this Holy Spirit to move. And it, whenever we allow the Holy Spirit to move, things like that happen, right? Um, you know, even when, if you let the Holy Spirit do, do, do what, he's, what he wants to do, if we, stop, we don't stop him, which he does allow us to use our gifts wrongly, right? We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, um, one of the things that we always think about is that our spiritual gifts won't work unless we're really good, unless we use them the way we're supposed to, um, God's never worked that way. He says, here it is. Here's your spiritual gift. I would really like you to use it for the building of the church. And, and if you don't use it for the building of the church, it won't work. I mean, like, it, 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 the outcome won't be what it should be. But you do have freedom to use it as you wish. Um, God does that with everything, right? It's a weird thing. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around because we don't do it that way. We always give with strings attached. Here's a gift of dollars, and I want your dollars, I want these to be spent right here. Right? That's kind of how we do things. God doesn't do it that way. He says, here's your gift. Use it how you will, but I would really appreciate it if you did it this way. And if we don't, things get messed up like we shared last week, but it still works. So um, anyway, the point being, back, I was a little aside, I'm sorry. Back to what you were talking about with the revivals. Whenever we get out of the way and let the Spirit work like the way he wants to, huge things happen. It's what happens in Acts 2, right? That even in the mix of this massive persecution, Christians being killed, trying to suppress Things explode and go crazy all over the world. Um, so I think those were probably really great movements of the Holy Spirit. To be honest, a different kind of revival is happening now. Um, you can sense it, in, especially in some of the, even in the Grand Rapids area, um, a spiritualness uh, is a lot more um, acceptable than it was a number of years ago. Uh, even the CRC has affirmed listening prayer as a real thing. It's a good thing. We used to uh, be pretty silent on the Holy Spirit altogether. It's kind of an abstract idea that stays over there, and sure, he does things, but we don't really want to talk about them because that would be weird. But we're, so we're even coming back around to that, which is a good thing. So I think those are great, uh, as long as they, we don't get them out of control. I always wonder if, uh, if people like Benny Hinn, right? You know who he is? 
So, right? I always wonder if he started off in a really good place. His ministry got big, right? I wonder if he could really do some of the things he said he could. Um, like Peter, we talked about this morning, I think sometimes when we, when we nail something, when we get something really right, we can then take it ourselves and keep going. And like I said, then God doesn't just stop the gift that he gave right off the bat. I wonder if he started really in tune with God, picked it up and walked himself, and then made something really weird. I wonder if that's the case. I don't know. Uh, as I think what's going on now is really strange and odd and doesn't feel right in my spirit. So, um, but I wonder. Any other questions? Yeah. Mm. I think the second sounds more reasonable, right? Because I think the first, if we just say, hey, listen, we need to make sure that we have, you know, the body's going to look like what God wants it to, right? And if he says we have to have five arms, well, then we have to have five arms. Right? We're a really good serving church, right? Um, I think, I think that, uh, that the key to all of this, and this is what's so hard, is to constantly be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Right? What gifts do we have and where do you want us to go with them? Because uh, things get really tricky when someone's spiritual gifts change, <laughs> They've been doing it this way forever. And now God says, actually, I'd like you to stop doing that. I want you to do this instead. God, we hate that. Like, no, I knew how to do that. Well, yeah, but now I'll do this so that we can understand me better. Paul talks about it, to desire all the different gifts, right? to desire different things, and that there will be times when some things happen and times when they don't. Um, there are people who, who I know who have uh, spoken in tongues one time, and then they, then they start to question whether it was real or not. People who have healed one or two times, and they're like, but then I just, I, it's never regular or whatever that may be. Um, so I think we always have to just be open to where the Spirit leads. Where are our giftings? Use them well and ask God where he wants us to. Other thoughts? Other ones of these that... Uh, Someone's got to be wondering about page two, right? <laughs> Someone has to. All right, how does healing work? The spiritual gift, it's listed in both lists. It's actually listed in James as well. If anyone is sick, call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint their head with oil, and they will be healed. What? What do you do with that? That's what it says. What do you do? Tough one, right? The Bible's really clear that the spiritual gift of healing is a real deal. And with the amount of page space it gives, I have a real hard time believing it was only given for like 12 years or 30 years or whatever many years the disciples were around. So what do we do with that? Does, does. 
But what, what would it look like even if it was emotional, spiritual, or mental? Yeah. All right, I'm going to share a story. This is good. This is really risky, so please view me the same. So one, I have one experience with spiritual healing, and, it was, and I still don't know what to do with it, so I'm just going to share it so that we can all think about it together, okay? This was actually recently, and it actually happened at Calvin College, so if that makes you feel a little bit better about what's going on, then hopefully it does, that I was in a good, holy place of Calvin Seminary. So uh, I, had met a, I met a guy uh, who um, was very much spiritually gifted um, and also understood it really well. Um, and so this was towards the end of the time I was at my EPMC, so this is also very recent. Uh, the EPMC is that program I had to do for going to the wrong seminary. Some people call it penance, so I had to do that. <laughs> and, uh, so to kind of try to re-indoctrinate me to be right, not so Baptist. Uh, never mind, kidding. Okay. Um, uh, so anyway, I was there, and about uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, I started to get this headache really nasty headache that's like one of those ones that takes your whole head, you know what I mean? Those kind. And, uh, and I just thought I would persevere. And I'd asked it all, I was with a group of 11 people. We all did, had the same, we're in the same program together. So I'd asked at 9 in the morning, like, guys, anybody have any Tylenol? Anything. No one did. So, you know, you persevere through the day. It's about 2 o'clock, and, uh, and we're at the break in between a class. So it's a lecture hall, and then you break in between, and people are just kind of meandering around for the 10 minutes. And this guy, he looks at me and he goes, would you like me to pray for you? I'm like, oh, I don't know, because I know what he means, right? Like, he says, you still have the headache? I'm like, yeah, you want me to pray for you? I don't know, there are a lot of people around, this could be weird. <laughs> and so I, I, I agreed, though. I said, okay, fine, go ahead. Um, so he put, took his hand, put it right in the back of my head, and, and I don't even remember the words he said, but it was only like five words, something like, pray that in Jesus' name that you take away the headache, or something like that. I don't remember what the words were, it doesn't matter. And I'll, but I'll tell you that at that moment, a, um, a coolness, a thick kind of coolness, like if you were to take like ice, like thick syrupy ice stuff, uh, it started in my head, came around the front of my head, down my shoulders, and out my fingertips, and the headache was gone. Okay? So that's my story. So please don't run me out as being a charismatic heretic, but it happened. So you can argue with whether it happens or not, but it did. Now, I have no idea what to do with that. Him and I actually tried at a different point. Tried to, I had a shoulder soreness. I said, can we do that again? I don't know, we'll try. Didn't work. So there we go, right? So that's, that w- that's the story. And, it, and now I, I've gone with myself to say, to even think through it, like, okay, maybe that was my own mind doing something. But it was pretty clear, and, it, and God still says to me that it was, it was too substantial and significant to be something that my own mind created, right? He made it thick, so that I wouldn't think, well, that was just the own tinglies that you send down your, your, your arms. He also made it not go through my whole body, just out my shoulders and out my fingertips. And uh, so I'm convinced that that's what spiritual healing is. It happened to me. I have no idea what to do with it. I, know, I have no idea how to make it happen again or ask God to have, have it happen again. But it's there, okay? So we've got to figure out what to do with that then, right? Yes, Ruth. If you'd like...
and nothing. Hmm. Fascinating, right? I mean, I suppose it could be coincidence. It's not, but it could be, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Honestly, I th- what I think it is, is I think it's my lack of faith, right? My lack of faith. So honestly, so uh, I think this is, my, this is the best I've done to uh, kind of interpret what's gone on, right? You often see in the Bible that when people come to Jesus for healing, he says, what, what makes them well? Your faith has made you well, right? That they come as they have this faith. Now, in this particular circumstance, I think that God just gave me a special kind of grace to say, this is real, so maybe we can stop doubting but I still have so much doubt. Every other time I'm, it's going to go, I'm like, this isn't going to work. And it hasn't, right? I don't have faith there. So I think, I, I don't know if it was just a seed that needs to grow and that I need to con- continue to grow some faith in that uh, through God's power, through God's spirit, through those kind of things. Um, but I think it, some of that's my lack of faith, right? Um, and, uh, and that's not to say that God doesn't overcome faith. He did in that one instance. He may other times as well. But I wonder if that's more it. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. It's a, yeah. So, yeah, so there maybe that's, maybe it was told, I happened so I could tell it here. I don't know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what, that's a very, absolutely can be it. Like I said, I'm still working through. I don't know how it all works. Uh, that could be. It's hard to tell. Was it his faith that made that happen? Was it my faith that made that happen? Or lack thereof? Or just special grace given? Because sometimes God does miraculous things just because, right? And so um, there is clearly in the Bible a direct relation to very special things happening and faith, okay? So when Peter, we talked about Peter walking on water in the sermon this morning. Anybody know what the first thing Jesus says to Peter after he starts to sink is? Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Right? That's what he says. And you're like, ah. And, and Jesus says in a couple other places, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing is impossible for you. Nothing. Or everything is possible for the one who has faith. Nothing and everything. That pretty much includes all things, right? Whew. And so, yeah, it's hard to figure out, well, so then if I have faith the size of a mustard seed, can I then heal? So maybe that was his case. Maybe his faith wavered in other places. Or maybe it was mine and grace. I don't know. It's hard. So those, great, great comment, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Very good point. It, every, all, all of the gifts are given for the building of the body of believers. Right? All of them. That's what they're for. Uh, that was, that's, if you don't take away anything else from that, realize that that's what it's for. It's for God. So, thank you. Yeah.
It could have just been for my own sake of never wanting to feel sick, right? Or feel hurt or sore. Absolutely. Absolutely. It could be very selfish. It could have been not for, for the building of Brent rather than for the building of something else. You're, you're right. Or, or for the building of God's kingdom because I've, it's been very evident in many places that I'm supposed to share that story a lot, right? So maybe that's it. All of these are great thoughts. This is, something I want, that, this is what I was hoping would happen, that we could then start to think about these things. We can accept them as maybe these things happen, and so now let's try to think about them a little bit and figure them out. Because I don't have all the answers. I grew up in the CRC, and we don't have charismatic things happen often, right? You guys know, right? No tongue speaking, no healing. Uh, prophecy is even a scary word. Um, but, 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 if the, but the Bible gives it a lot of page time. And so if we can just start thinking better about it, I think that's a fantastic first step, don't you? Excellent. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's interesting. that The disciples may have had some of that too. Um, when they, remember they, one time they, they had cast out so many demons and then at one time uh, they couldn't. And I, I wonder if that's not the reason. The Bible seems to imply that they may have not prayed first or been with the Holy Spirit first and they just thought they were hot stuff and they couldn't do it then. That's a great point. Great point. I'm preaching on that tonight, by the way. If you want to come back, feel free to. Anyway, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's that's true. One of the things that we need to realize, and this is really hard, and I'm sorry, and I it makes it the younger a person gets, the harder that this statement is. It is sometimes not God's will for someone to be healed. Sometimes it's God's will for someone to die. Everyone who's ever lived has died, except for maybe Enoch, possibly Elijah, depending on what you... But anyway, okay, fine. Three out of everyone that's ever lived, right? Um, Lazarus died twice, so poor guy, right? Um, so unfortunately... Sorry, that was maybe a bad spot for a joke, but I had... To, was, unfortunately, sometimes that is God's will, and if we ever pray outside of God's will, of course that's not going to happen. Um, there, the, the, it's interesting, and Tony's given me permission. Is he here? No, good, but he still gave me permission to tell this story. When his father was dying, um, they prayed for healing for a long time. And there was a moment in which they prayed, they, didn't, they realized that that wasn't going to happen, right? That it was, was going to be the end. And the prayer switched to maximize this last bit. And he'll tell you that some of those, those last months were phenomenal, that they, could, they, they bonded together as a family in those last months more than they had in a long, long time. And sometimes it's not, it's not God's will for someone to be better, but we should instead pray that God just help us maximize this last bit. You hear story after story about saying the last three months of so-and-so's life, we were able to come together as a family, and it was such a neat experience and celebration of their lives. Sometimes that is God's will. That's hard. Death is always hard. And I said as the younger they get, the harder that gets, and that doesn't always just make everything better. But we realize that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely does. Um, God desires us to have the best life possible, um, but not the easiest. And sometimes, um, 
And, and yes, you can say, well, there's a certain person that has had all of these things. Uh, but Paul t- talks about his joy being complete when he's been in prison and beaten, right? There are times that even when your physical situation is terrible, you can still experience the fullness of God in a really uh, special kind of way. So it's great. Absolutely. Sin still exists. It's not the way it's supposed to be, and we should mourn that and hate it. Um, but there's hope. Awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure there are more questions. Thank you for asking so many that you did. Um, I would love to keep going forever, but then I, but I can't, so we have to end. Um, if you have more questions, if you want to, to kind of work through on a more one-to-one uh, or two-to-one or three-to-one um, through what your spiritual gift may be, uh, do that. I'm more than happy to do that with you to kind of help you, point you in the right direction. Um, That's hard to do in a big group because we're all going to have different things and it does require a bit of um, honesty and a little bit of vulnerability too to say where you feel that God is calling or where you feel that God is gifted. So um, I'm happy to do that with you. I've done it with lots of people before. Um, I I will not be able to declare what your spiritual gift is. God doesn't work that way. I can help point you in the right direction I've got to be a level two pastor before I can do that. So uh, I, I, I need like five years experience or something first. So uh, anyway, uh, but I can help point you in the right direction. So why don't we close in prayer and just ask that the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry, it's, gonna, it's one of those days. I'll pray that the Holy Spirit will guide us. Father God, thank you. Uh, thank you for this discussion time, for this time that we can spend exploring and thinking about uh, how you've gifted us through your spirit. God, we know that uh, we can't use our spiritual gifts well or even understand them well without your un- you're giving us understanding, your spirit working in us. And so I pray that each of us can experience your spirit in a different way than we have in the past, that we can understand what he does and how he does it, uh, how you do it. I guess it's hard when we talk Trinity, how you do things in that way um, and, and understand you better than we ever have before. Reveal to us what you've gifted us with and then help us to use it appropriately. For all of these things in your son's name, amen. Thanks, everyone.